Hello, I'm Paul Mangel. I'm Balnoz Ksenyi. And I'm Yulia Stancheva. Welcome to Just Say the Word, a podcast in which we pay homage to our relationship with words, their meaning and their power to create our world. In every episode, we invite a special guest and ask them, what is your word? What does it mean to you? Where does it come from? As we immerse ourselves in the world of each guest, we will tell you the story of their chosen word and how it relates to their life's experiences, successes and achievements. In this episode, our special guest is Alexander Devrian, an established voiceover artist and an actor known for his roles in The Bureau and The Danish Girl. Hi, Alexander. Welcome to our studio. We can't wait for you to just say the word. Multicultural. That's a fantastic word, broad, meaning full, and in this particular stage of the world's history, probably something that we, uh, we really need to think about. But why did you choose it? What does it mean to you? I chose it because I'm the product of multiculturalism. You know, I uh, have a dad who's German-Argentinian, a mother who's Lebanese, And so I grew up with this this fusion of cultures um, from from the time I was born, essentially. Did multiculturalism come to you out of sheer practice or was there a time that you thought multicultural? Yeah, I know what that means. It defines me. It's hard with the definition of multiculturalism because the slight pitfall Um, you know, that comes with the territory of coming from lots of different places is that sometimes there's that quest for identity, right? Yes. And sometimes you'd like a bit more stability and you'd like to be rooted in, in one place or one spot. And what comes with multiculturalism is A, that treasure chest of, you know, the variety, everything that comes with it and being open to, to all the different influences. But at the same time, that's who I am. And then there's days where I love it and then there's other days where, you know, there's more questions that come with it. So it's interesting. I can imagine. But uh, as your uh, chosen path has been very much within um, theatre and, and acting and voice uh, acting, how has multicultural, the word or multiculturalism, how has that helped you uh, in, that, in that area? There's been a huge change, actually, in the industry, um, as, as I'm sure a lot of people have, are aware now, right, that the industry has opened up quite significantly. So when I went to drama school about, it's a while ago now, around 2008, uh, in, in British drama school, Drama Studio London, I had a, a great year there. But uh, we were still very much told, especially as foreign actors or multicultural actors, make sure you speak RP. You know, make sure you get that really grounded British, relatively posh accent down yes. and then you'll be able to work in this industry. Whereas nowadays my strength is actually the fact that I speak all these languages, that I can do all these accents and I can therefore slip authentically in a variety of different of different characters and personas. Are there kind of um, characters and personas of your of your family life that you think, oh, yeah, this is uncle somebody or this is my cousin. Are there references like that in your life with such a broad choice? Yeah. I mean, my granddad, funnily enough, my Lebanese granddad, he went to Cambridge, actually, because you just told oh, me okay, earlier yeah, uh, off yeah. air that, that you know, you, you live around the Cambridge area. Yeah, but yeah. a long time ago, a long time ago. Okay. And that's where he, when he, where he started his or developed his passion for, for acting. And so he has always performed his entire life. I wouldn't call it professionally but he's always been on stages right yeah um and so he's definitely someone that that, that i draw a lot of inspiration from you know i can imagine thinking again about multicultural it's a i'd say a, a real benefit in your professional life has it affected in any way your 
personal life? Well, funnily enough, I mean, I got married three months ago. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. And obviously, I could have married uh, having some Argentinian blood, having some German blood, having some Lebanese blood. I could have married, you know, (laughs) one of those three countries, someone, you know. uh, But I ended up marrying a woman who's from Ecuador, uh, you know, with a Spanish passport. And uh, so we're we're mixing it up even more, you know, so. uh, And that's another thing, isn't it? When, When it comes to those mixed cultures and multicultural families, when you, uh, my wife uh, was born in France, by the way, so right, I, yeah. I, I, I have that real sense. When, and I'm thinking of French grannies and French grandpas and English grannies and English grandpas, and then you start trying to put all uh, those influences or, or uh, into your children, uh, you know, when, when or if it happens. And those choices are really interesting about which language comes first, what you speak. Have you any idea what what your plan is going to be? Should you have children? Are you thinking in that kind of area? Fantastic question, because we have discussed that quite extensively i mean i'm getting to the uh, you know i'm in my mid-30s so is my yeah. wife so we have we have thought about this a, a lot and i grew up with german and french as my mother tongues at home and then sort of english came into play later arabic was always around but it's not a language unfortunately that i've that i've mastered fully yeah my wife speaks catalan because she was in barcelona she she, she emigrated from ecuador to barcelona and she speaks spanish uh, and an english obviously so it's going to be interesting with our kids because you cannot, I mean, I think three languages is probably the most that you can impose on a kid. You yeah, know, maybe yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they say kids learn languages much quicker, right? So it'll be somewhere around the realm of German, you know, uh, definitely English and, and Spanish. And then we'll see with the rest, you know. Exactly that. I mean, I, I interestingly enough, I, I, I also lived in Barcelona for many, many years. And, and, and so Catalan is another one of the influences. And when we, you know, when I was there, Back in the days of videos and, and early CDs, I had a reasonable collection. So our kids watched what it, which, you know, which, whatever film they wanted, uh, but they had to watch it in a, in, a, in a different language. And I think hearing those words, uh, forming those words in your mouth, I mean, it's all muscle memory as well as an intellectual uh, exercise. It's you know, the practice and repetition of, of, of language. So uh, when you think again, though, about multiculturalism and different kinds of philosophies that come with that and ideologies. Is there any sense in which they clash at the multicultural level? You know, are, are there tensions in that in that sense? At a very base level, um, looking at the relationship that my parents had, this was something that they used to love uh, using these sort of scathing statements to describe the other, right? Saying, oh, yeah, but you are so fiery and so volcanic because you are from the south, right? Mm. And then that's my dad. And then my mom would respond, oh, yeah, but, you know, you are so cold and uh, because you are from the north, you know? And so so <laughs> there there are these stereotypes, right, that are rooted in rooted in reality and rooted in truth uh, that, that sometimes can clash. And, and I feel it myself because I am this mixture, this, this real... I have that, that, that boiling, expansive nature that, that sort of Arab men can have. And at the same time, I can be very, you know, very organized and very focused and, and just very driven in what I do. And so that German side, I mean, I'm stereotyping massively. That can come into, in, into conflict sometimes. You know, which, which side do you, do, you let, do you let run free and, and which one do you try and just sort of calm down a little bit? You know? I guess that must be the case, isn't it? When, when, when you have those role models, or at least you've had those experiences, you know, maybe at the moment you don't make the decision, but they're ingrained within you. They're parts of your personality, in other words. That's exactly it. And it's interesting because obviously intellectualizing is one thing and you can intellectualize as much as you want, yeah. but ultimately it's so, the genes and the, the, you know, it's so ingrained in you and your conscious mind has picked up so many elements from having 
having spent a lot of time in Germany, having spent a lot of time in Lebanon, having been to Latin America a lot. Yeah. And if essentially then all these elements make up who you are, whether you want it or not. And you'll have some strands that just come out stronger in certain times. And if you try and control it, it's tricky. Yeah. You know, it's it's better to just let loose, let go and just say, well, you know, I am this mix and, and, and it's okay. And it's okay. One of the wonderful things about multicultural families, though, is, is the table. What kind of food you can have because, you know, depending on, uh, you, you get all sorts of influences. What does the table look like when you're cooking? It's quite funny because when we grew up in the evenings, we always had the same thing. It was yeah. called, it's called Abendbrot, which essentially translates to evening bread, okay. which is a very German thing. So you, you know, you, 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 it's, there's, it's not a warm meal. You, you essentially have bread, lots of yeah. different types of bread, yeah. cheeses, yes. and different types of ham. Yeah and a salad and then that's dinner you know yeah so that was quite interesting because we this is how we ate for for a very very long time now i think mediterranean cuisine has taken over quite a bit so at home we cook very mediterranean as well you know with lots of mediterranean flavors fresh vegetables uh, olive oil garlic onions nice fish you know um but lebanese food is still Lebanese food is, again, famous globally for being superb, you know, that crossroads of all different kinds of influences and yeah. great wine as well. Yeah, you know? yeah I mean, that's interesting that you know about the wine. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've started, they've got a wine region that's actually, yeah, they've, they've started exporting Lebanese wine. I mean, very much, Dan, I think, again, you know, talking on the, on the multicultural side, but from the French influences and then the, you know, that, I mean, they grow fantastic wine yeah. there. And it is, uh, yeah. I mean, I think they keep it all for themselves. It's so good. So Yeah, uh, they try, oh, you know, it's also <laughs> production is not that big. The vineyards are not that. It's in the Big Car Valley, which is a, yeah. a valley that has incredible soil and, and it's just perfect. It's just made for, yeah. partly made for, for wine um, yeah, production yeah. as well. Here's a, um, playing a, a bit of devil's advocate, and obviously myself coming from a, a multicultural background in terms of my wife, languages, et cetera, et cetera. What is the antithesis of multiculturalism? Is it mono? culturalism is there a tension between them i think yeah monoculturalism as a term i mean there's there's a sense of pride and uh, a there's patriotism right so page so, so i'm a patriot Absolutely. i come from one country i'm from the united states i'm from germany and, and and then there's there's a real sense of rootedness and belonging in terms of the region that you come from and then you can narrow that down to a micro level this is the street that i grew up in this is my village and this is where I feel comfortable and safe, and that's it. And I don't want anyone mixing into this, and I don't, you know, I don't want to have a merger. I'm very proud to come from said village. Right? Yes. And I think there can be clashes for sure, but globalization has sort of moved on so quickly and, 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 and so expansively um, that I think it's inevitable that, 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 that this mix is going to just become more and more and more. Yeah. I understand why people would want to preserve their homes and would want to preserve their cocoon of uh, comfort. Right. But, um, you miss out on a lot. I think that's true. I mean, I, I, I find myself, I think people who are multicultural, maybe, you know, birds of a feather flock together, you know, you, you find multicultural people, Mm. the ideas that you have are similar. So maybe it's de facto, you, 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 you get along. Um, but there is that other side, which is, uh, exactly to your point, which is you know, real deep-rooted culture, the consistency to be somebody in a place at all times. Um, But within that, of course, there comes the danger of of parochialism and protectionism and and not being open to other influences and ideas. I mean, just right now, the world seems to need uh, a a really good dose of of common understandings. And maybe the, maybe the, the, 
the, the end of the story is that people have got to be both multicultural and want to preserve their individual corner, you know, to look after it and preserve it. What do you, is that how you see things? I, th I would completely agree with that, to be honest yeah. with you. And, and, and that's why I sort of I would never play the blame game and say, oh, but you are so protective of your environment. Uh, you know, um, you, want, you want to make sure that no one else comes. In. Like, it's okay. I understand if, if you love who you are, where you're from and who your people are. And that's okay. I think the danger is when that protectionism turns into pointing fingers potential racism you know but yes. and, and and just and just a sense of entitlement and and almost a sense of aggression towards the other you know yeah. i think you can be very protective of where you're from and and, and who you are and just be proud of it yeah w without that level of animosity that can come sometimes come with that territory absolutely absolutely and and talking of place here we are in london uh <laughs> london one of the most vibrant multicultural cities i guess uh, we could say that that would be that would be fair yeah that's okay. um what what resonates you know with London with you? Uh, this is where you are, and 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 how do you find the place? London has been my home since two thousand eight, mm. so I feel very 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 attached to this city. And I would argue, I mean yes, New Yorkers. I've worked in New York as well for a few months, and yes, New York is extremely multicultural as well. You find everything, but I but I would argue like the one of the biggest melting pots the world has mm. seen is is London, you know. Yeah. And that's the beauty of this city is that you have people from everywhere. You will hear all languages. You can sit in the tube and, and you'll see all ethnicities represented sitting in one row. And that's fantastic. I think that's, I that's incredible. You know? Yeah, it, it really is. And uh, shows you what can be done. I'm, obviously, you need an engine and the engine is the city, the infrastructure, the... The, the commerce, yeah. uh, the education, all the things that go go within that, but it shows it it it, it can be done. Mm. So uh, mm. I'm completely with you there. How does London play into the professional side of your life? London is the city that has given me, you know, my professional break, that has given me my first steps in in in, uh, in cinema, and first steps in TV, yeah. voiceover. Um, everything has 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 sprung up from London essentially yeah. you know the plethora of, of jobs is incredible and, yeah. and, and, and pretty much anything that you do you'll probably be able to find a job within that field in London and that's what I just find so so incredible so going back to languages um, can you what does multicultural in 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 German French of, of the languages that, that come from your, your, your family or mother tongues, as it were. Yeah. Can you translate multicultural easily into those languages? And does it mean the same? In German, it's, it's multikulturell. Right. Yeah. Uh, I come from a multicultural Umfeld, so I come from a multicultural background. It means exactly the same thing. In French, it's multicultural. Yeah. He comes from a multicultural family. He comes from a multicultural family. Yeah. In Spanish, it's multicultural. So it's, you know, Arabic, I, I, I checked it earlier just before coming in. It's completely different. Right. And don't ask me to say it because okay. I, I, ca I can't remember. But yeah, I, I looked at it and, and, and it's, yeah, it's, it sounds completely different. The meaning multicultural in the Middle East is, is slightly different. Anyway. Anyway, uh, when it comes to diversity and inclusion and an understanding of, uh, of, of, of what a wider society could look like. Yes. Um, the Middle East is trailing a little bit behind. Well, Alex, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. And uh, um, your background, your multicultural background, the way that you've spoken, you know, it speaks volumes about, about the value of, of having these different influences. And uh, I wish you all the very best in your work to come. And uh, thanks ever so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Just say the word. Just say the word. Melting pot or salad bowl.
these are two theories around how groups actually work in a multicultural environment. I'll tell you more shortly. But first, multi means many and is from the Latin multus, and cultural comes from the Latin cultura, which is cultivating. The late sociologist Stuart Hall, the head of the Center of Cultural Studies at the University of Birmingham in 1964, was the first to use the term. As I was saying, multiculturalism typically develops according to one of two theories, the melting pot theory or the salad bowl theory. According to the melting pot theory, multiculturalism assumes that various immigrant groups will tend to melt together, becoming one thing and one flavor. In contrast, the salad bowl theory describes a society in which people coexist but retain at least some of the unique characteristics of their traditional culture, just like the salad's ingredients, which still manage to retain their own distinct flavors. I think the second theory perfectly describes what happened in my own country, Kazakhstan. We have more than 100 nationalities living together that didn't assimilate with Kazakhs, but actually retained their cultural identities. I remember growing up, we would be celebrating Nowruz, which is Central Asian New Year, Ramadan and Eid, and also Orthodox Easter. It never mattered to us whose holiday it was. We just enjoyed the fun and lots of food. Just say the word. I moved from my native Bulgaria to London 13 years ago in a search for a place where I can grow my life experiences by leading a cosmopolitan and multicultural life. And London is surely one of the top 10 multiculturally rich cities in the world. It feels like the city has managed to fit the entire world within itself. If you love arts and culture, I think there is no better place than London. Call me subjective if you want, but here multiculturalism is really deeply rooted in our everyday lives. Wonderful architecture, world-class art galleries and museums, a flourishing literary scene, rich history, a hotbed for the performing arts and for musical creativity. There is something to suit everyone in London. As Robert Palmer used to sing, it takes every kind of people to make the world go round. When it comes to celebrating our cultural diversity and honoring our heritage, there seems to be quite many favorites of all generations. Movies like Coco, The Prince of Egypt, Moana, The Wizard of Oz and Paddington. In one or another way, they teach us to embrace our difference because that's what makes us unique. There are many examples in literature of how multiculturalism nurtures respect, empathy and acceptance amongst all. From classics like the Greek epic The Iliad to all of titles like The Life of Pi by Jan Martel, Midnight's Children by Salman Rushdie, and 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Multicultural literature opens the world, allowing everyone to hear voices both different from and similar to their own, suggesting that although people have many differences, there are common traits that unite us. Traveling has allowed different ethnic groups to converge like never before and has contributed to the development of multicultural art. The blurred boundaries have influenced people in different ways. 
and there are some great examples of art illustrating that. Like the Masi face mural of Blue, a famous Italian street artist based in Bologna, who turned the 48 windows of a Roman building into diverse faces. What more pleasurable way to experience cultural diversity than introducing it on your table? Multicultural transforms into a very delicious concept when it comes to food. Bursting of different flavors, ingredients and nutrients, diversity in food has become an important part of modern life. Trying traditional cuisine from different parts of the world is not just a culinary delight, but also a great way to experience something different and to become more appreciative of the diverse cultural society we live in. You can be rooted in one place and still be open to all the different influences that come from multiculturalism. Or as our guest Alexander says, you can be very protective of where you are from and who you are, and just be proud of it without that level of animosity that sometimes comes with the territory. What does multicultural mean to you? And does it define you? Let us know! This episode was produced by me, Yulia Stancheva, for Alpha CRC. My co-hosts are Paul Mangel and Balnur Zhikseni. Sound design, Alpha Studios. Audio engineers, Gerard Rodriguez and Mikos Nanazi. With special thanks to our guest, Alexander Devrian. If you like this show, please rate, leave a review and subscribe so you never miss another episode. Thank you for listening. We will be back in two weeks' time. Just say the word, just say the word, just say the word, just say the word, just say the word. This podcast was brought to you by Alpha CRC. Global enterprise localization, local user experience.